The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Welcome everybody to another great edition of the Big Vito brand live baby live and this is our new show on the Realm Network and I'm going to let the voice of reason Noel Harlow talk about it introduce it and do everything possible to make this an even greater show. Noel why don't you tell them what the show is about name of the show date time and location. Oh my goodness okay sorry guys I'm not appearing in the show this week. I have a migraine and I can't sit in the light, but I'll still be on the show. I'm over here. Um, this is This Week in Pro Wrestling History on the Realm Network, the Russo brand. And what we're going to be discussing today is April 26, 2000 at a WCW taping in Syracuse, New York. David Arquette defeats Eric Bischoff to win the WCW world title. And Vito was there. And our friend Friz Russo was involved in the booking. And we are going to discuss the backstage vibe. We're also going to discuss celebrities in wrestling and I guess who you were sleeping with on this week in pro wrestling history. Are you ready? I'm ready. Everybody's going to be very, very sad that I'm not in the video. You know that. So things, what are you going to do to make up for that? This things week? happen in life, guys. We're going to have to deal with it. We're going to have to rock and roll this week. Should I put a little picture of me like right here in this corner while I talk? Yeah, why not? It would be good for ratings. That's what, I'll, that's what I'll do. A sexy one? Sure. Okay. All right, Vito. Let me start by saying it was 2000. Um, after WCW had filmed Ready to Rumble, David Arquette was brought in for WCW storylines. He was mostly used for basically comedic relief at first. He made his first appearance on April 12, 2000 episode of Thunder. He was sitting in the crowd. He leaped over into the ring and did a basic work confrontation with Eric Bischoff and his new blood stable. Now, you were there. What was the vibe in the locker room for that? What did they they think of bringing David Arquette in for a uh, basic uh, programmer storyline? People, the shock in the building, just shock. They couldn't believe this was going to happen. They just couldn't believe this was going to go on. And, you know, for the guys who were there and put in time and, you know, they that thought they deserved a title run or a title shot or, you know, at the time, and we were just looking to bring up ratings and just be creative. And uh, Vince came out with this out-of-the-box idea. So, you know, what better way to do it than, you know, do it against another jobber like, you know, Eric Bischoff. So, I mean, that's what happened. So you're saying Eric Bischoff is a jobber? Jobber the jobber, pimp to pimp. That's the way it went down. All right. So there's rumors that say that Vince, as the head booker, was pressured into putting the title on David Arquette because they wanted to promote the Ready to Rumble movie. Um, have you and Vince ever discussed that? 
Um, it was, I think it just all had to tie into things. But, you know, as far as making David Arquette champion and it had to be a precedence, I don't think it was that. I think it was the fact that it was going to be something to get the ratings and something for people to talk about, for people to tune in. That's my honest opinion of it. Did we sit there and discuss booking and all this? No, we did not. Okay. So you were there in the locker room the night that David Arquette did win the title. Were the boys pissed? Yep, I was there. Were the boys mad? The boys were furious. They thought it was bullshit. They thought it was... They just had a lot of feelings in the locker room, a lot of stuff, and David Arquette was walking in blind as a bat. Didn't know anything of anything, but, you know, you can't blame the guy because he was just there making money, making a paycheck. And yeah, it was the... Uh... You know, it's the – I never really had a chance to really wrestle or learn how to wrestle or, you know, it was more of a, a storyline and all that. And, you know, since wrestling's changed a lot and, you know, smaller guys are, are kind of in the ring now and independent scenes happening, you know, I uh, I don't know. I just – it seemed like the right time because a lot of people – I don't know about you, but I hate being the butt of a joke, like – you know, that's a worse idea than making David Arquette the champ. So I was just kind of sick of people talking trash. So I was like, you know what? Let me study it. Let me figure out why people got so mad at me in the first place. Let me get out there and, and see what I can do. And it's been a blast just really learning how to wrestle, you know, being sort of accepted in the in the dressing room and backstage and all that. So And then learning just the intricacies of some of the stuff, and I'm learning a lot. But it's it's been a blast. And here he is. He's in the movies and he's doing his thing. And you know, what do you say? I mean, do you say no, or do you just say okay, I'm going to do it? I mean, Dennis Rodman was there. Carl Malone was there. Um, and and we're going to talk about that in a minute. We're going to go into um, the different celebrities that were involved in not only WCW, but people forget that WWE and WWF also brought in celebrities as well, different NBA or NFL players. Um, but uh, David respects wrestling. David's my friend. He respects wrestling and he respects the people at wrestle. He's always been a wrestling fan. One of the main reasons it happened was because I was like a fan. You know, he saw me take one of the guitars that Jeff Jarrett had and I walked around and had everybody signing it. And he was like, wow, the kid's really a fan. It's not a, you know what I mean? It would be interesting. So I think like part of the idea behind that was to make a fan the champion and I wasn't pinning another wrestler I was pinning Eric Bischoff so they thought it would just be a fun storyline or whatever but then it sort of got out of hand because obviously they didn't take into consideration the the heritage behind it the uh, history and the you know what the belt stands for and then if I'm the champion and then you know you're supposed to be able to beat up anybody uh, you know there and it was me but it, people didn't buy it. So, now why do you think that it is that people accepted Andy Kaufman coming in and wrestling Jerry Lawler, who's another people that loved and respected, but there was more kayfabe at the time? Why do you think people accepted Andy Kaufman in the ring more than they accepted David Arquette? I think because they respected it because it was never done, and here it is the first time everybody's got shocked by it. The second time, eh, it's not as good as the first time, in my honest opinion.
you think that's it? That's it. Okay, so let's get more into, um, well, I want to say one more thing. And I'm going to bring up Dave Meltzer, who everybody knows I don't like, you don't like, nobody pretty much likes. Right. Dave Meltzer said in his Observer in 2000, he named this the most disgusting promotional act of the year. But we are still talking about this today. And David is still in the ring today. Do you think that Dave Meltzer's words are bullshit from that? Do they ring true? Do you think that that was important to bring more mainstream into the business? What is your opinion on that? The fact that people are still talking about it is good. That means it's memorable. It struck a nerve. It, you know, it hit your hearts. When you don't talk about something, that means it meant nothing. This meant something as part of wrestling history. Um, I think when people criticize things at the time, people just like to criticize and complain just to criticize and complain. Are they really unhappy? I don't know. Are they really sad? I can't tell you. But do people like to complain? Yes. And that's the name of the wrestling business. Complain, complain, complain. That is kind of true. And um, the fact that yesterday we were just on Twitch Live and somebody brought up how they thought that the screw job was great because we still talk about it. Um, and then I said, well, we still talk about World War II. How great and happy was that? It wasn't. But this seems to be more of it really drew people's attention. And now David is back in the ring and he is um, – Basically, from what he told us, and you guys will hear here in, in the clip, he's trying to do a redemption for himself. He's trying to redeem himself with the fans. And it turns out he's actually a really great wrestler. Like, he's not even just an okay wrestler. He's out there doing death matches, laying himself in the hospital, and he never quit. He got out of the hospital. He had shoulder surgery, and he still went back to the ring, and he's still working. And he's also working on a documentary about pro wrestling about his redemption with the fans. Do you think that David has proven himself to the Smarks? Do you think he's proven that he's in this for the long haul and it wasn't just a promotional appearance? That it meant something to him? Uh, it meant something to him because he's still doing it. He felt like he had to prove himself and he didn't have to prove himself to nobody because it's a job. And at the end of the day, it's a job and you get paid to do a job. You know, was it, um, was it on him to, you know, take the heat like Russo take the heat I mean people lambashed him for years and he finally said enough is enough I could do this you know and if he's doing the wrestling and he's you know he's been doing some great thing I mean the injury part I mean getting injured doesn't make you a pro wrestler no of course not getting hurt and doing things just to do things it's a craft you have to know your brain you have to know what you're doing out there not to get hurt I bring it up all the time. How many guys did you see here in, the, in ECW? Hardly none. You know, and what do you say about that? That was stuff. That was hardcore. That was it. How many guys did you see here in WCW? When WWE was doing it, how many guys did you see here? But accidents do happen. I mean, you can't Accidents are accidents. Guys getting hurt on purpose. Not like you see today when guys are doing flips and flops and tables. And this and that, and you see stupidity of indie wrestling today. 
makes me sick because you think you could sit home on the couch, be a fan, have your mom pay for the pay-per-views. You're good. But Stay you home. say indie wrestling, like that's not what we're watching on WWE when you see somebody, and I'm not attacking these people because some of them are actually my friends, but um, when you see Ricochet flip out of the ring and, and when you see these guys do those same moves, they're under contract. You see people like, you know, Seth Rollins doing these moves. You see some of the bigger guys even doing these moves. You say indie, but now it has become so mainstream. Athletes today are a different build of one athletes from yesterday. That's why they're able to do this model of wrestling. If they was doing the same body frame and the same, we've said this all along, you know what I mean? Like Booker T was athletic. I just use Booker T because, you know, he was very agile and athletic. Could he do those flips? I don't think so. Johnny the Bull, probably one of the most gifted athletes you have out there, probably ahead of his time. Could he do those that stuff? Maybe. I give Johnny a maybe more over Booker T because Johnny just had natural, natural gifts and, you know, not to say Booker T wasn't on the same, but it was a different natural. I mean, he was a different kind of athlete. And, uh, you know, you're talking about guys, you know, plus Johnny was 21. I think Booker was older. I think, it was, yeah, he, Booker was older. So, I mean, Booker was in his 30s when this Johnny kind of had superhuman strength with the hops and the picking up Rikishi. He could jump extremely out of this world high and put no effort into it. Johnny kind of just had that natural ability to do that. Well, guys, you know, it's... It's just a different brand of wrestling, different time and a different place. And, you know, I just think that, um, you know, when people look at wrestling today, it's a different brand. I mean, if you look at what a, a, Steve, a Stevie Ray, who just went in the Hall of Fame, look at his body, look at his type of frame, look at a Rick Root, a Bulldog, a Boss Man, um, a Warrior, a Hogan, you know, even Flair on Arn Anderson. Those types of bodies, a big veto, you know, because I did wrestling at that time. And I'm not saying my body was body beautiful, but it was made for that kind of stuff. And was I agile and athletic? Yes, but not to rotate in midair and do certain things. Flying, I did. The other stuff, definitely not. I could never nip up. I tried 10,000 times. I could skin a cat. I could jump off the top rope from inside the ring to uh from inside to outside from outside to inside i could jump but asked me to do a flip or a nip up or do something in that nature couldn't do it did i have power to handle men men bodies and have that kind of strength yes but that, that kind of athletic ability i did not have it just my body just didn't bend like that Let's uh, let's get back on track here with uh, talking about celebrities and professional wrestling. Now, there's been a lot of different celebrities that have come and gone um, throughout professional wrestling. And I mean, some of the worst I can say was like the Jay Leno coming in with Hogan. And that, and that was pretty bad. Right. Um, but you talk about like Carl Malone with DDP and and uh, let's go to like Bam Bam Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor. Even Randy Savage's last TV match was Dennis Rodman. Like, what do you think of other outside? And I'm going to say athletes. I'm going to go away from like the the Jay Leno whatever because that's just promotional. That's nothing more than promotional, correct? Like right. that's just promotional. But when you're bringing in outside athletes like a Lawrence Taylor. 
like a Carl Malone, like a Dennis Rodman, what kind of respect do they get in the locker room? Because they train, they're athletic, they're athletes, but they're coming into a wrestler's world. What kind of like respect or reception do they get coming in the locker room? Because you were there for some of these. I think it's more the, um, oh my God, I'm meeting Carl Malone, Dennis Rodman, and on the other end, they're saying, oh my God, I'm meeting Big Vito, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan. So it's a camaraderie of uh, being a fan of one another. I can't tell you how many athletes I've met who are fans of mine. I said, really? He says, yeah, I watch you every week, man. I love you. You're good. Do you know who comes to mind when you say that? Who's that? Joe Namath. Joe Namath knew who I was at the Marty Alliance Foundation, knew exactly who I was. You know, I said, Mr. Namath, I said, I know who you are. I watch you. I'm a big fan. Joe Namath, the fan of Big Vito LaGrasso. Like, hey, that's still that's... crazy because this is a Jets household and we love Joe Namath. So, so for that's, Joe Namath. That's so. pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. So so it's more of a, it's almost of a starstruck to both of you, right. the celebrity. So it's not the same as, say, like a Jay Leno coming in and people going, what are we going to do with Jay yeah. Leno? And Basically. Because I know recently there's been some some rumblings and I know we had an issue with the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and they brought in the two people from Saturday Night Live who, I, I apologize, I didn't commit their name to memory, um, but they came in and they took two wrestler spots in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Even you and I had issue with that because that's two spots, two guys that worked all year could have had at WrestleMania and they gave them to celebrities. Is that common that people, like the boys, have an issue when their spots are, I mean, I would. I honestly would. Of course, especially now that we're going to look at this. Ain't nobody going to remember those two guys' names. We don't even remember their names now. So, I mean, thanks for coming. It's not the same as, say, when, like, Cindy Lauper came in at WrestleMania 1 because she was actually working a series of events. She had been with the WWE for over a year when she was in, and she took a manager's position. But she even took, like, she took some bumps, and she was one of the biggest stars at the time. She had the number one album, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. She's so unusual. And um, and she came in, and she played a role, and she was very accepted as part of wrestling. She wasn't left out, and she brought wrestlers into the mainstream with her, putting them in their music videos. Is there a big difference between that? Because I think that those two coming on Saturday Night Live, uh, or excuse me, coming into the Battle Royal, and being on Saturday Night Live, they never mentioned WrestleMania at all on Saturday Night Live. There was no promotion for them being on it. They didn't run an ad. They didn't put it over. Nothing. Zero. But here's Cindy Lauper bringing the guys into their videos and, and bringing the guys on MTV and the Rock and Wrestling Connection and all that kind of stuff. Is there a difference between the times? Is it more the times than it is the celebrity? Because here she's accepted and they aren't. And they work the series of shows. I think it definitely is a change of times, different eras, different concepts. And you know what? In 10 years, it's going to change again. So, guys, it is what it is out there. All right, Vito, let's get to everybody's favorite part of the show. And I know you guys won't get to see my face, but I'm going to put a lovely picture up there so you can watch my shocked face when Vito talks about we need some girl road stories because everybody wants to know in April 26, 2000, who were you sleeping with? Get your bingo cards ready, kids. I was 
you don't have to do that exact one. I, I, it was a joke. But you, it, it, well, I can give you. I can tell you who, what, where. You want it or you don't. Really, you're going to get bold with me about it. You're going to get like you're going to get bold when I'm allowing my husband to talk about who he slept with on the road. I was engaged. Oh, don't mention that one. I don't want it. And then I was engaged with others at the same time. That was pretty good. Now, do you have a specific story? Don't talk about the, uh, don't talk about no. Chubbs. Put somebody else in there that you're going to talk about. Um. I can edit this, by the way. There the was uh, a producer at WCW. Wait a minute. I never heard this. You slept with a producer at WCW, a Turner producer. Details, deets, and we need a nickname because people are filling out their bingo cards. She probably still watches the show. I won't give her a name, but I will tell you. You got to make up a name. That's what we do. We make um, up a name. We'll just call her Blondie. Okay, so Blondie. WCW Blondie. Okay. Let's call her Blondie Turner. That's the name. Blondie, Blondie Turner. Turner. Blondie I like Turner. that. And I was uh, having relationships again with the office. And uh, this one turned out to be, she was very nice. I always enjoyed her company. Um, and you were engaged, but engaging. So you had, you were engaged to someone else. I won't say who, cause she sucks to, um, engaging in office workers. All right. Story. Um, I was a fly in to Atlanta. You're flying everywhere you work. Do you have like, people were enamored with your, um, your lesson last week on how to sleep with women at wrestling shows. It's been equated to Scott Steiner math. Can you give us any more lessons on how to handle yourself picking up women, say, at a bar in the town you've wrestled at? Can you give us a big veto Scott Steiner math pick up women kind of a deal? Well, here's the thing. If you're just looking for a little action and a little, you know, a little fun, the way you achieve this, and, you know, you want to get some, you know, of course everybody wants to get some. So you don't go for the hottest chick in the bar. You go for the one with the best personality. And when you go for the one with the best personality, that's when you wind up having the best fun and the best sex. So word to the wise, it might not be the hottest looking chick in the bar that will make you, make you great. It's the best personality in a bar that you'll have a good time with. That's good advice. I've heard you give that advice before, actually. It's true. Works all the So time. why did you go with me? Because you said I was hot. You have a good personality. So I'm hot and a good personality? You have a good personality. <gasps> hey, listen, if you marry ugly people, that's on you. Don't make me take a poll. You think I'm ugly? I didn't say a word, people, did I? I didn't say anything. Some. You think I'm ugly? Is this a sports? Suck a D, Vito. You think I'm ugly? Is this a sports center moment? Da na na, da na na. You think I'm ugly? I didn't say anything. Then you married an ugly bitch. That's on you. That's on you. Didn't you ever hear that song? I know what you're gonna say. Happy for the rest of your life, making ugly women. Except I don't cook. I don't clean. I don't do any of that shit. You don't. Do you I actually? Absolutely do none of that. She actually doesn't. 
I do zero of that. Nothing. None. Cold food McGee. I'm not allowed to cook. I'm blind. Thank what do you me. want from me? I'm not allowed to cook. I used to make you meals. You lied about cooking to me. Straight God. up lie. I've never lied about nothing. Vito, did you tell me you couldn't cook? I can't. Do you cook now? No. You're lying again. Of course I'm not. Yes, you are. Is this part of your Scott Steiner sleeping with women math gimmick? That you lie about things? That you're a liar? I hope you lied when you said I was ugly and you better critique yourself because for real, that's rude. That's rude. Player to player, pimp to pimp. It is what it is and it was Vito, what it was. It, do you think I'm ugly? This is so stupid. Do you think I'm ugly? No. You're laughing. I don't know what else to do. Do I you, think you're ugly? You, no. You fucked up. You need to. I didn't fuck. You did fuck up. Yes, you absolutely did. You just said I'm ugly to America. To America, oh. you said I'm ugly. And you're married to me. I'm Mrs. LaGrasso. And you think I'm ugly. Did you have a bad day today? Yes. Rotten, awful, and, terrible. And I have a migraine. And I'm still recording this show. And so we, you and, we, and no, Vince I, can have a show on your brain. And were you mean to me today? No. Did you I, feed me today? I'm making no. it all. I don't know if it's my job that I have to feed you. Yes, it is you, your job. You're an able-bodied person. No, actually, I'm not an able-bodied person. My walker's right behind Do you hear this? Meow, 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 You said meow. I'm ugly. Yeah, I didn't say you're ugly. Uh, oh, yes, you just did. Should I rewind the tape? Should I rewind the tape and show you where you said I'm ugly? You said I'm ugly. Right. You believe that shit first? You said I'm ugly. I believe it. All right. Can you please say I'm not ugly to the... She ain't ugly, all right? Say what you actually think of me and be nice because I have one more pillow. What was that, the other song we were singing this week? I don't know. By Charlie what? Oh, uh, did you happen to see the most beautiful girl in the world? Are you going to sing it? Hey, did you happen to see the most beautiful girl in the world? Are you singing that to me or? And if you did, was she crying, crying, hey. Did you happen to see the most beautiful girl walk out on me? I will eat, don't say I'm beautiful. Tell her I'm sorry. Mew, mew, mew. Tell her I need my baby. Oh, won't you tell her that I love her? Big Vito Brand coming to you live, baby, live. What's some of my romantic shit? Yeah. Pimp Daddy Pimp. Player to player, pimp to pip, baker, candlestick maker. You know how it is. My name is Chris Kringle. No, please, God, Here's no. my... No, 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 no. People don't want to hear this. This is a wrestling show. This is All about right, guys, wrestling. guys, I hope you enjoyed that. This is the Big Vito Brand signing off. Wait a minute. We didn't even say what we were going to do next week. Oh, I don't have anything picked out for next week. Out It'll next be... Week. If I will announce it on Twitter. Announcing on Twitter. The Big Vito brand. The Big Vito brand. And Reality Capital T. And Reality Capital T. And by the way, guys, we are finally in our office. We don't have anything in the background, but this is the new office. Finally got stuff out of storage. The bar is being built. I'm working on the background. I'm working tonight. on the I'll background. The bar should be here tomorrow. 
We finally got our printer situation fixed. HP sent us a brand new computer. New printer. It it's a, a business computer, actually. Printer. So, and uh, I'm sorry, a printer. And uh, actually, they did the right thing and just sent me another one. It came today. We got our new router. That uh, router extender. Router extender that should help with the uh, podcast. And we have light up. We have our microphone here. We have our headphones. Got everything working. I have my computer, my Dell computer, which I missed that I spent $800 on that was in storage for you. And boy, oh boy, did it snap up and get ready to work. All right, I think that's it for the Big Vito brand. Subscribe, baby, subscribe. This is for the Realm Network, Vince Russo, the brand, Jeff Lane, Disco, Ben Hamin, Stevie Richards, Noel Harlow, and Goldilocks, Goldilocks uh, my co partner. I'm getting color uh, virtue. And of course, the man with the plan who runs the brand, Vince Russo. Wow, that's pretty good. That's wow, better that than AJ Styles. That's better than AJ Styles. The face that runs the place. All right, guys, I got to peace out. All right, I, I promise I will be on next week's show because right, I'll feel better. Peace out, the big Vito brand. Guys, my thing when I was on the road, you always had to be careful. Okay? Because not everybody was cool. Okay, You had to know women and you have to know to pick the ones that weren't, didn't have a big crowd. So you always look in the crowd or you look to see who's attractive, who's there, how long going to be in town. And if you could find that one who wasn't going to blab that they're banging Big Vito, they're doing stuff with Big Vito, that, that's how I used to operate. That's why you never heard me in any scandals or nothing. That's why all the ladies that I was friends with are still friends with me today. That's why all my ex-girlfriends are still friends with me today, except for the ones who robbed me. But I mean, you know. <laughs> or stalk you. <laughs> or stalk me. But I mean, but for the most part, I was always that guy. I mean, I was just a smooth operator. There's a science to it. Yeah. It's like Scott Steiner. You can't just have anybody to your room because you don't know what psycho is going to come there, what kind of drama they're going to bring. So, I mean, guys, I mean, and did I have a girl in, in a lot of towns? Yeah, because I was just that guy. I